Right, uh, Acts chapter 24. Um, we're in the final chapters of our uh, neighbor, neighbors, excuse me, Neighborhoods to Nations uh, series, and uh, we're yeah, coming, into, coming into the end of our series. Over the, over the summer, we're going to do a series in 1 John, a few people have been asking, and then in the autumn, we are doing, oh, help me, Colossians? Colossians. Uh, so, more, yeah, looking forward to that. Right, Let, I'll read a bit, and then um, we'll I'll pick, draw a few points out for us uh, in our time this morning. Okay, verse 1. Five days late, so Paul had been arrested at this point. Important fact. Five days later, the high priest Ananias went down to Caesarea with some of the elders and a lawyer named Tertullus. And they brought their charges against Paul before the governor. When Paul was called in, Tertullus presented his case before Felix. We've enjoyed a long period of peace under you, and your foresight has brought about reforms in this nation. Everywhere and in every way, most excellent Felix, we acknowledge this with profound gratitude. But in order not to weary you further, I would request that you be kind enough to hear us briefly. We have found this man, he's speaking about Paul, to be a troublemaker, stirring up riots among the Jews all over the world. He's a ringleader of the Nazarene sect and even tried to desecrate the temple, so we seized him. By examining him yourself, you will be able to learn the truth about all these charges we are bringing against him. The other Jews joined in the Acapulation, asserting that these things were true. When the governor motioned for him to speak, Paul replied, I know that for a number of years you have been a judge over this nation, so I gladly make my defense. You can easily verify that no more than 12 days ago I went to Jerusalem to worship. My accusers did not find me arguing with anyone at the temple or stirring up a crowd in the synagogue or anywhere else in the city, and they cannot prove to you these charges they are now making against me. However, I admit that I worship the God of our ancestors as a follower of the way which they call a sect. I believe everything that is in accordance with the law and that is written in the prophets, and I have the same hope in God as these men themselves have, that there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. After an absence of several years, I came to Jerusalem to bring my people gifts for the poor and to present offerings. I was ceremonially clean when they found me in the temple courts doing this. There was no crowd with me, nor was I involved in a disturbance. But there are some Jews from the province of Asia who ought to be here before you and bring charges if they have anything against me. Or, the, or, the, or those who are here should state what crime they found in me when I stood before the Sanhedrin. Unless it was this one thing I shouted as I stood in their presence, it is concerning the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial before you today. Verse 22, then Felix, who was well acquainted with the way, the way, what the Bible refers to as Christianity, followers of Jesus and so on, he all proceedings, when Lysias, the commander, comes, he said, I will decide your case. He ordered the centurion to keep Paul under guard, but to give him some freedom and permit his friends to take care of his needs. And we'll stop there. So, as I said, Paul has been, uh, been arrested, and the high priest lawyers up and goes to go and see the governor to try and present kind of this, uh, this case against Paul. He wants to see, uh, want to be rid of Paul, the, uh, the high priest, and, uh, you know, he's full of accusations, but uh, our man Paul, he just gives a, a calm, measured defense, uh, and, and we're introduced in this passage to this man called Felix. And uh, Felix was the first slave to become a governor through uh, quite a unique story in, in many ways. Uh, but uh, he kind of earned that through, um, 
through connections and disposing off other leaders. So not, not particularly a, a, a scrupulous man here, quite a, uh, known for brutality, you know, sort of squash uprisings, a guy who wanted to, to, to seek out power, to hold on to power. And so if there were various uprisings, so on, he would kind of, you know, quash them. And uh, so he was known for brutality, for crucifying the leaders of these uprisings. Uh, he was a greedy, kind of scheming politician type. Uh, we're introduced in a moment to his, uh, his third wife, Drusilla, uh, but neither of them were believers. It says that he was well acquainted with the way, so he, he knew about Christ as a Jew, and knew about Jesus, he'd heard about this, uh, these people, these, these, these believers, and his wife was a Jew, and also aware of, of, of the Christians, aware of, uh, of Jesus, but, but not followers. His, his life was, was about him, about, as I say, about seeking, about maintaining power, wealth, and happiness. And so I want to draw just a few points out for us this morning. Just read a couple of verses into verse 24. Several days later, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish. He sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus, as Paul talked about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. This politician Felix, this uh, unscrupulous man, Jesus meets Paul and he hears the gospel. Paul, he, he no doubt talked about, about Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, how each of us have, have sinned and fallen short, how we've all turned away and rejected God, how, how it's impossible to, to please God without faith, but how because of God's love for us, because of his deep love for us, he pursues us, and that he sent Jesus, his one and only son, to die for us in our place, to bring us to him. No doubt this is what Paul shared with this man, Felix. But Jesus paid the price for our sin, for your sin, for my sin, to give us his righteousness. That when God looks at us, he doesn't see the, the mess of our lives and what we've done and, and all the mistakes we made. But he sees Jesus. Jesus. Now, this is what Paul was, was telling this man, Felix. That through faith in Jesus and by his grace, we're forgiven, we're free, and we're made righteous. That we're saved by grace. And these are... These are astounding truths and no doubt this is what Paul was telling this man Felix he was said do you know Jesus not enough just to have heard about him it's not enough just to be aware of who he is and what he's done but do you have a relationship with Jesus Paul he would have majored on God's holiness and how each of us have, have fallen short about self-control how how without the help of the Holy Spirit we can't live right and we can't affect real change in our lives it goes on and says in this account, Felix was, he meets Graves. And at this point, you know, in the story, if you're, if you're not familiar with the story, you think, wow, so he, he meets this guy, Paul, and he, 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 he hears the gospel, and his response to this man, Felix, he's afraid. You think, wow, God, God's, God's got him, you know, he's the fear of God. He's, he's looked at his own life, this man, Felix, and, and looks at the, this holy God, been explained about this holy God that Paul's explained to him, and thought, well, I don't measure up. My life, my life doesn't, doesn't measure up. This powerful man is afraid, and, and rightly so, because when any of us look at, look at our life and we, we look at some of the mistakes that we've made and, 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 and look at our, our motives and, and things, we, none of us, compared to a holy God, will measure up. We all fall short. Felix, he looked at his life. He saw that he wouldn't measure up to a holy God, heard how that... I'm sure Paul would have said to him, one day you will have to give an account. One day you will have to give an account. And perhaps this man Felix, he thought, well, well okay, um, but, but what will this do to my life here and now? What will, it, what will people think of me? What will it do to my, to my reputation? 
What will it do to my lifestyle? What will it do to my friends, my, my power, my, my income? Perhaps he, he counted the cost in that moment. He was afraid, and he, perhaps he counted the cost in that moment. And so what did he do? Verse 25, he says, That's enough for now. You may leave. When I find it convenient, I will send for you. When I find it convenient. This is a, a proud man with a, with a hard heart. He, he hears the gospel he hears the, 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 the wonder of God's grace, of, of how, yes, how we've fallen short, but the wonder of God's grace, how he paid the price for us at the cross. He, he, he fears, oh yeah, without God I'm lost. But oh, it's, it's not convenient. It's not convenient right now. Another time, not today. Maybe you've, you've sat there. You've, you're, you're sitting here today or you've sat here before in another church and you, you recognize something of yourself in, in and you've, you've heard the gospel friends have, have shared the gospel or, or been praying, praying with you for years or, or you, and you just think oh yeah I, I, I'm aware of it I'm familiar with, with, with Jesus and I used to come to church or I, I do come to church but I mean what's it going to mean for my life what's it going to mean for my, for my reputation right now it's just not convenient what are my school friends going to think of me? What are my, my uni friends, my work friends, my family? What are they going to think of me? My reputation. And you've thought, no, not today. Thank you. This morning, are you, are you living a life following Jesus? Walking in repentance? You know, we all, we all get it wrong. It's not as though we suddenly meet Jesus, he saves us, and then we just go in the line of perfect holy lives from there on in. We all continue to make, make mistakes, but we grow in the likeness of Jesus as we, as we get to know him. And so we live by his grace. He restores us and he changes us by his spirit. And he, he helps us. But, but it's a life of repentance. It's a life of saying, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me where I got this wrong. Forgive me where I didn't please you with that, where I, where I, I fell short there. And he does. He restores us by his grace. He forgives us. He welcomes us once again. But it's, a, it's that daily life of repentance. But it's not always convenient. There are probably... I'm sure there are people who would, who would call themselves Christians who, who like Felix, are well-informed, have heard the gospel, but when a difficult moment comes, it's not convenient. It's not convenient. Come, come back another day. Or maybe, maybe they've grown weary just being around church a long time and uh, heart can, your heart can become hard. And find yourself far from Jesus. It's not convenient being, being a follower of Jesus. You only have to look at the, the New Testament and so look at what, what happens to some of the followers. It's not convenient. The convenience isn't in the vocabulary of followers of Jesus. It's dangerous, it's costly, it's countercultural, it's sometimes hard work, but it's worth it because we have this glorious Savior in Jesus that he died to rescue us and he rose again and he lives and he's at the right hand of the Father being you and me to him. And so it's not easy, it's not convenient. Yes, it might affect what other people think about you. Yes, it might affect your reputation, your finances, your time, your friends, your lifestyle. Yes, it might affect all of those things, but it's worth it. We're told in verse 26, Felix was hoping that Paul would offer him a bribe, so he sent for him frequently and talked with him. He talked with him frequently, but he only trembled in fear once. Yeah, we can, we can grow hard, we, our hearts can grow hard. We can miss the moment when the Holy Spirit pokes us, provokes us, speaks to us. We can ignore it. We can miss the moment and we can continue to hear the God without the same effect that it had 
He, he talked with him frequently. Paul shared the gospel with him frequently, but Felix only trembled in fear once. Don't put off following Jesus for another day. That other day may not come. Just being really, really blunt about it, the other day may not come. The enemy will do all he can to make sure it doesn't. All we can to, to harden our hearts, to keep us proud, to stop us living humbly before the Lord. He will do all he can to make sure that other day won't come. And many will know, um, my, my, my younger sister, uh, three or four years ago, um, healthy 30-something-year-old, uh, young family, suddenly was diagnosed, three weeks off to be with the Lord. Not convinced that day may not come. Life is fragile. It is short. Don't, don't put off. Don't think it's not convenient today. Right now in my life, I want to pursue other things. I want to pursue career. I want to pursue uh, happiness. I want to pursue a relationship. And a relationship with God isn't, just, isn't convenient right now. Let me tell you, life is short. Life is fragile. Pursue him. Don't put off following him. If you've never turned and followed Jesus, today it could be the day. Today is the day. Don't put it off. If you're casually living, you know, coming to church and uh, in and around, kind of exploring, um, but not living the life of a believer, repentance, following Jesus, you're missing out. Don't wait until it's convenient to take a relationship with Jesus seriously. Your baptism, Paul, uh, Paul touched on it just, just before I got up to speak. You know, if you're waiting for something, honestly, I don't know what. But if you're waiting for something to get baptized, you know, you know and follow Jesus and you, you have a relationship with Jesus, but you're waiting for something before you get baptized, honestly, I don't know what. Let me say, don't put it off. It will never be convenient. It will never be convenient. Take that step today and commit to get, getting baptized. Maybe you just know you're, you're putting something else first. You, just, you know in your heart, well, I, I really want this, 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 this job, this career, this degree, this uh, relationship. I want to encourage you, let, let, let what you seek first be, be the Lord's. Let, let the other things fold in behind in their proper person. Maybe finances. Maybe today it's, it's God saying, hey, you know, put, put me first in your finances. Put me, me first in this area of your life. And then I want to make a, a second point. In, uh, do you remember in, in Acts 16, Paul and, and Silas, uh, they're, I think... Um, Emily was touching on this when she talked about Spark going out. They're, they're in jail and they're, they're singing worship songs to God and uh, there's an earthquake and the doors fly open and then the jailer comes and says, uh, okay, what must I do to be saved? Um, and um, it's interesting, you know, in this account, Paul, Paul, Paul shares, shares the gospel probably better, I imagine, a better job than any of our power do in sharing the gospel with somebody and yet Felix doesn't come to faith. And, you know, there are parallels, aren't there, between, between this man Felix and when they were, Paul was in jail and, you know, doors blew open and uh, the, guard, the, the, the prison guard was like, what must I do to be saved? And it, it just it, it reminds me that when we share our faith as, as believers, we're, we're obedient in sharing our faith, but how people receive it is out of our hands. Yeah? I mean, Paul, Paul must have thought, well, what, what is it with this guy? You know, what have I got wrong? Is, would I not explain the gospel well enough with this guy, Felix? But it's, it's out of our hands. It's with the Lord. So we're, we're told to share our faith, to share what God has done in our lives, pray, and leave the rest to the Lord. It gives me, you, it gives me incredible confidence in it. Because when I, when I share my faith and I don't see the sort of fruit like of, uh, you know, uh, with a prisoner, kind of, what must I do to be saved? Then I can get disheartened and I can get disappointed. I think, well, I didn't do a very good job. What did I get wrong? Because it's all about me. Whereas if I realize it's not about me, then I, sh I share my faith, I pray for the person and leave it to the Lord. This is what Paul did with Felix.
It's like the parable of the seed, isn't it, in, in Matthew 13, you know, falling on rocky ground. Some seeds will fall on good soil, others not so good soil. But we're, we're to sow seeds, we're to share our faith, we're to pray. But what happens is with the Lord. Okay, uh, last point, verse 27. When two years had passed, he left succeeded by Festus. But because Felix wanted to grant a favour to the Jews, he left Paul in prison. He left Paul in prison for two years. That's a long, difficult time, isn't it? Two, two years. Maybe you're in a season of life where um, it's difficult. Maybe it's difficult at home. Maybe it's difficult at work. It's difficult financially, um, relationally. You just, you just can't see around the corner. You just can't see into it. And, uh, you know, of course, we know for Paul that, that it was two years. But we know that retrospectively, right? So Paul at the time didn't know it was... It wasn't a prison sentence. You know, it was just indefinite under arrest. And so it must have just looked to him like there was just no, you can't see around the corner. You know, you can't, I'm, I'm, I was in situation, uh, when's it, am I, am I going to get out, you know, at all? And uh, we can find ourselves in situations where we just can't see around the corner. It just seems like we're, we're stuck. We're stuck. Stuck, as I say, maybe something difficult at home, at work, relationally, uh, whatever it may be, we're just stuck. We can't see around the corner. And um, my question is, how do, you, how do you come through a time like this? Because right? it's, it's painful. We, we all go through seasons like this where you just think, I just can't see the, the wood for the trees. I'm just, is this just indefinite? Is this just now how it is? How do you come through times like that? And the answer is to lean into the promises of God. That's what Paul would have, been, what Paul have done. You know, it doesn't tell us where he was, but this is what Paul would have done. He would have just, just enjoyed relationship with the Lord where he was. But he would, he would have just lent into the promises of God to be with us by his spirit that when we're in that difficult situation whether it is homework whatever that God is with us that when we're in that situation we just can't see see the wood for the trees we just can't see a way forward that he is with us that he's working behind the scenes I love verses like Matthew 5-4 blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted if you're mourning there is a promise of comfort by our heavenly father or Romans 12-12 be joyful in hope Patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. Hope, patience, faithful. They speak in a way of something to the future, don't they? They speak of something to come. Hope in something to come. Patience is you know, waiting for it. And faith is, yes, it's going to happen. That we can have hope no matter what situation we find ourselves in. As followers of, of Jesus, as children of God, friends of God, we can have hope. Hope of a, of a firm and secure future with him where there'll be no more suffering, no more pain, no more tears, no more anguish, but a future with him. This is, this is the, the promise, the promise of Jesus. If we, if we put him first, if we follow him, if we live that, that, that humble life before God of repentance, the promise is that he's with us now and we get to go to be with him. Reputation, all the other stuff we might, we might chase in our life and put first, whether it be, it be work, reputation, friends, money, relationships, whatever it, whatever it may be, None of those can offer that. They offer short, perhaps short-term happiness at best. They can't offer the promise of hope with Jesus, the hope and security with Jesus. Felix was so wrapped up in, in, in holding on to what he had that he missed out on, it, on, on, on a relationship with Jesus. He missed out on a future with Jesus. Folks, don't, let's not wait for a, a moment to take it seriously. Let's not, maybe for the first time, or, uh, or maybe today it's you coming afresh and with the Lord, I want, to, I want to take him seriously. 
I want to follow him with all my heart. I want to get, get back on track with the Lord this morning. Because, as we learn about in this account, knowing Jesus and following him are two different things. Felix and his wife, they knew, they heard of Jesus. They knew who, you know, they kind of heard about who he was, but they didn't, they didn't have a relationship with him. There's a difference between knowing, knowing about someone and having a relationship with them, isn't there? So, there will not be a convenient moment, folks. It's not in our vocabulary, but it will be worth it. We come to this glorious saviour who loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you, to rescue you and me, to forgive us for all the stuff that we've got wrong, that when he, when he looks at us, despite all the mess of our lives, he sees Jesus and he sent his spirit to, to live in us.